How can a man who hates Christians become one himself? How can someone know the Old Testament so well and not see that it leads to Jesus? And why would Jesus choose someone like that to share his message? The goal of this podcast is to help people know Jesus through the Bible. Today, we talk about the encounter Jesus has with Saul of Tarsus in the book of Acts chapter 9. Welcome to the Jesus Table Podcast. Welcome everyone to our last episode in the series that we've been talking about different encounters people have with Jesus. Um, as always, there's been so many we've skipped over and uh, who knows, maybe we'll come back later and do another encounter series and cover a lot of other ones. But I think this is a good one to wrap up um, and we're going to talk about Saul or also known as Paul um, and the right. encounter he had with Jesus in Acts chapter 9. So. We're kind of going a little bit back in time from our last episode, but we're also going to talk about that encounter we had with Ananias and what happened afterwards. So, um, yeah, where where do we take it from here, Doc? Well, um, this is like a before and after story. I find Paul so intriguing. You know, it's like some of those weight commercials that you see on TV or you see ads on the Internet. You know, you see this guy weigh 300 pounds and his you know, just obese and big. And then after, you know, you see him all slim and, and like the Hulk, you know, muscle. And, and to a degree, it sort of reminds me of Paul being like that because we, we look at him before uh, he has an encounter with Jesus and we see how he was vehemently. As a matter of fact, let me just read verse one. It comes to my mind in chapter one. It says, but Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, those were the Christians, that's what they were called uh, uh, initially, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So like I said, this is a before and after. Here you have vehemently, vehemently opposed uh, to uh, Christianity and people that believe that Christ was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. And yet he has an encounter with Jesus. And of course, I won't steal the thunder from the rest of the chapter now. But uh, like I said, it's a before and after. And I find it so intriguing how God transforms his heart, his passion, his life, his ministry. And uh, that's what we believe today, too, that uh, God continues to transform people, right? So... Yeah. Uh, Okay, Elliot, your turn now. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So let's let's take this story kind of uh, piece by piece, so we can see everything. So Saul, right here, like you read, he's we just um, he saw the he approved of the murder of Stephen, and then he says he's breathing Correct. threats and murder against the disciples. And yeah. there's been I've seen a debate going on whether Saul actually murdered people or not, but at least he was. There's a lot of anger here. Listen. There's maybe hatred, you know? Yeah. Um, but just to clarify, so he's coming from Jerusalem, right? And right. Is, he, is he a priest? Because um, he says he's asking the high priest for letters. Is he a priest? Is he a rabbi? What is, uh, what is Saul at this well, point? It's, oh. Well, obviously, he was a, a rabbi. We know he studied with Gamaliel. But also the fact that uh, most probably he was part of the Sanhedrin. At least many scholars believe that. That's the royalty of royalties if i can say as far okay. as the council the religious council in the day 
uh, and uh, he was just getting permission from them um, to find other followers of Jesus and bring them to Jerusalem to be tried. I mean, uh, he was sort of like the religious police. He wanted letters mm. uh, so he could be the religious police and get all these heretics, all these people that he considered, you know, were blaspheming, were blaspheming. Mm. Because again, let's not forget that, uh, as we've discussed a number of the other episodes, that there were people that just by the mention, even the high priest, when Jesus is before the high priest, you know, he's accused of blasphemy because he says he is uh, the son of God, you know, or referring again, or the son of man referring again to Daniel chapter 2. So uh, here you have Paul or Saul, you know, is or he's known uh, here. And, uh, you know, he's vehemently opposed. And yeah. I mean, he's a religious zealot, you know, and uh, just really out to get anybody that believes this. And that's what is interesting to me, because we've talked about a lot of people who are some of them were stuck in their sins. Some of them didn't want anything to do with God, like Zacchaeus or mm -hmm. others that we've mentioned. But here's someone who actually does sincerely want to please God and live for him. But exactly. it's just his his beliefs that are mm -hmm. that are, have to be changed here, you know? And it's not mm -hmm. that he doesn't know scripture. He actually knows the Old Testament very well. Um, exactly. Yeah, he has this fear of God already. It's not that he doesn't mm -hmm. have that, but he's just sincerely wrong, you know? Wrong. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's kind of hard for us to say, like, why would he want to pursue these people so bad? But like you said, that word blaspheming, um, it was so intense from they they the fact that what the people of the way like it says here were, were saying that Jesus was the yeah. Messiah and Jesus is the son of right. God they were making Jesus equal with God and that's something we need I think to get our head around like this was something that was unacceptable that y Yahweh totally. was one and you can't yep. how you're saying he is God and obviously we now have a word for it the Trinity and all this stuff but at this moment it was just this um, Christianity wasn't as right. big it was a small sect within right. Judaism, which was already not that big anyway. So it's like this exactly. small amount of people, but that are creating this huge wave and are just the, yeah. you know, the talk of the town. And, and he's, uh, he's, he thinks it's and God's again, mission. And if, again, if, if we look at the historical context, Elliot, uh, you know, it, it says, you know, this was all in Jerusalem, you know, and uh, just imagine Jerusalem is the center of, the Jewish faith, the temple is there, uh, the, you know, the Sanhedrin, uh, they met there. I mean, everything was centered in Jerusalem, and right there in Jerusalem, this cult, let's put it that, I mean, not that we say that Christianity was a cult, but from Paul's perspective, before he mm -hmm. had an encounter with Jesus, it's a cult, you know, and uh, they're right there. You know, mm -hmm. so, I mean, uh, it's not that they're a thousand miles away, you know, or they may be in, in Rome or other part of, I mean, they are right there in the holy city, the center of Judaism. How dare and, they? And, uh, yeah, exactly. It's not only the political implications of all of that, but it's also the religious implications of all of that. And let's yeah. not forget that, you know, the Pharisees, they consider themselves the guardians of the word, of, mm -hmm. of the of the Bible. Uh, so, uh, I mean, all of a sudden this, this group comes up and they're becoming popular as we can see in Acts chapter two, you know, 3000 were added the first day. And I would imagine from there it spread out and it continued to spread out. And mm -hmm. Jerusalem, you know, uh, people were running, you know, into other people, 
family members, people that you work with professionally or whatever. And uh, Paul says, that's enough. That's enough. No more. Yeah. Uh, so he's on his way um, and he's traveling and it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground. A lot of people say he fell from his horse. It doesn't say that. It just, yeah, but just as no. he fell. <laughs> we don't know where he fell. It just, just as he fell to the ground. It just as he fell. <laughs> yeah, he could have been walking. I don't know. And uh, a camel. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and wow. enter the city and it will be told you what you must do. So Jesus Man. doesn't. He could have, you know, send another yeah. Christian, but he Saul would have maybe killed him or something, you know. He could have sent an angel, but he himself appears to him in a vision, which is exactly. astounding. Like uh, we've been talking about, that he, there's even cases where he's been doing that today with the Muslim community and and exactly. uh, amazing stuff like that. He appears to him, and then he gives him an orders like, "Go, and I'm going to tell yeah. you what to do later." Like he's he's already uh, his commander and officer. He's he's like, "Go, and I'll give you instructions later," and the men around him hear, but they do not see. Um, and then they guide him to, to the city um, where he exactly. waits. And plot twist, he's also blind. Like we talked about in the right. last episode. Um, this, is, this is crazy that this is how Jesus chooses to encounter him. You know, very exactly. in your face. Like, obviously, this is out of love, right. but it knocks him down, blinds him. It seems yep. kind of intense, you know, that Jesus yeah. uh, would do this. But, you know, again, in that passage, it says that, you know, he, he was there for three days. So, mm -hmm. I mean, those three days must have really been mind-blowing, a time of reflection for, for Saul, you know, because he must have thought to himself, you know, obviously the text is very clear that Jesus identifies himself. You know, he's the one when he says, Lord, who are you, you know? And it, uh, the text is very clear that Jesus himself says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. So I could imagine those three days, and not only that, but you know, what you just finished highlighting for us also, the fact that he's blind. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's not only having the vision, but he's blind. Uh, here you have Paul. Uh, again, Saul. <laughs> I just want to make sure that people understand that. Yeah. Uh, Saul and Paul are the same person. But his, anyway, so... His Jewish name and his his Jewish uh, name and his uh, the Latin name or the Roman okay. name, yeah, from Paulus, cool. you know. So and it's just very, very worthwhile noting. Here you have Paul. He falls. He's blind now. Now he depends on his friends or whoever was with him at that moment. He goes and he three days go by, and you know the, what's so fascinating <laughs> about this. Yeah, the three days, exactly. You know, the sub people say it's parallel to Jesus' three days in the tomb. Uh, but what to me is really eye-opening about all of this, during that time, he must have just thought to himself, what happened to me? You know, and just accuse himself or possibly say, no, this is, this is Satan, this is the accuser. I mean, all sorts of things must have gone through his mind. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I really like about this story, just like when, when we saw Peter and uh, the encounter that he had with Cornelius, you know, you have the Holy Spirit play both sides of the fence. And by yeah. this, I mean, you know, he talks one, you know, he talks to 
and presents himself and gives the vision to Peter, but also to Cornelius. And here we see how the Holy Spirit also, you know, Paul has the vision and uh, God at the same time prepares Ananias so that uh, this comes to fruition. You know, yeah. it's just amazing how, how uh, once you see the whole story and understand it, you say, wow, it's amazing how... How, how and what God would do for a person to come to know him, you know? Yeah, and, so and I, I think, think, I how, think Paul. Yeah, yeah, that's how God works, right? Like he's constantly moving through different people in different circumstances far beyond our comprehension. You know, his ways are not our ways and, and all that stuff. And yeah, like we saw last episode, Ananias comes and I wonder how much of that was even helping his process. Like you say, like, like, is this the truth? Is this the enemy? Did I just have like, you know, a mental breakdown because of the heat and I drink water. Exactly, like, you know, sure. And then uh, did I make something up? But the, but the people around him is like would probably say, no, we heard it too. Okay, so it's not just in yeah. my head. And then, exactly. And then Ananias coming to confirm the vision exactly that right. he would come to heal him. He gets healed and there's just no way denying it at that point. There's just yeah. the evidence is yeah. too much there. <laughs> he gets baptized and he's he's all in. I do and he's on what, fire. Yeah, and then he's on fire. Yeah. I do wonder right there um, what happened to the other men that were with him. Um, did they stay with him the three days? Did they leave him? Did they like see his radical transformation and not want any part of it? Or um, who knows? I, it doesn't say, you know, it's just my... Um, you know, but I think <laughs> it makes sense, uh, you know, using holy imagination according to St. Nick <laughs> and St. Elliot, you know. But it does make sense, the possibility that they were with him and uh, maybe some of them just didn't want anything to do with him once he started preaching the gospel and the yeah. reality that he woke up to, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, it may be very, very, very possible because we do know that, uh, well, I, I would dare say the greatest enemies Paul had were the Judaizers, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, not the Jews per se, but the Judaizers, the religious... Um, well, some of them were the Hellenists there, it mentions, but also those religious Jews, you know, they, they followed Paul wherever he would go. I mean, uh, they tried to kill him a lot of, uh, and, you know, we, we can look at that in the future maybe, but they tried to kill him. Uh, so, I mean, his enemies, her, his greatest enemies were followers of the old school, if I can use that term. Uh, and here we have... Saul again, who uh, wakes up to the reality of who Jesus really, really, really is. Yeah. And uh, what you say is very much spot on, very much on on time. You know, uh, we don't know as far as those men, uh, what happened to them, but I would imagine a, a number of them, a number of them, uh, maybe some of them did follow Jesus, but a number of them also said, hey, this guy Paul really has gone off the cliff. He's mm -hmm. just too crazy now, you know, because yeah. you see, again, a group uh, following Paul throughout many of his uh, missionary journeys, uh, trying to kill him or if not uh, minimize his teaching and things like that. So, yeah, which is unfortunate that they could have been there to see that whole thing happen here. Jesus himself speaking, see the transformation, him go blind. And maybe if they stuck around, yeah. him healed and then still not believe. But who knows? Yeah. Um, but what does happen to Saul slash Paul is that he like you said he he's on fire and right away he yeah. starts preaching he says he goes to the synagogue um, and he starts 
convincing people. He starts says the word right there, in, at least in the English translation, is proving. You know, like he's trying to prove yeah. that, that Jesus is the Messiah. And so quickly, how he just goes. 180 you know opposing he's right. not like unsure he's opposing this view and then he's completely for it in like matter of three days um which shows again um jesus what he can do and, and some things take a process um mm -hmm. i've seen people come to faith and it's a slow um process of them beginning to understand it and come to terms with it and that's equally as holy and that god is still you know right. amazing when he does that but i've also seen it happen like that in an instant and it's so cool to see that um and when he's preaching, he's preaching the gospel and the world starts seeing that he's changed. And to me, that's, that's key. You know, the fruit, like, you know, we yeah. talked about this another uh, times, like there is not just this, Oh, I, uh, accept this belief. And then I continue on with my life. There is fruit that is being shown because of how he's now yeah. sharing and, and stuff like that. And, um, and I did want to, well, we could come back to that later, but this gospel that he's sharing is not something different. I think that's something important to emphasize because um, later in Galatians 1a, it says that even if an angel comes or someone and preaches right. a different gospel, let him be accursed. And so we can easily um, say, this is why we believe Paul's testimony and not say Joseph Smith, you know, with the, Mor with the right. Mormons say that, that mm -hmm. he says that Jesus appeared to him and that he told him that the whole scripture is wrong. Be, but he's opposing everything that scripture lays yeah. out. And here Paul is not contradicting anything in any way. He's just falling into right. line later on. I think he says, I, I showed my gospel to the, to the other apostles and they, they right, right. Exactly. To he like, went to Jerusalem. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think that's important to also notice. This is why we believe his testimony because it wasn't contradicting Jesus teaching or the apostles in, in any way, really. See what I think is important and it's real good point that you're bringing out, Elliot, is the fact that uh, he wasn't contradicting the gospel. He wasn't contradicting the message, let's put it like this, or the scriptures, but his interpretation. See, mm -hmm. that's what really, really happened here. Yeah. His interpretation, because let, let us not forget, I mean, Paul was brilliant. I mean, brilliant. You know, he, was, he studied under one of the most important rabbis of the first century, you know, Gamaliel. And uh, just all the other things. So, I mean, he had a foundation in Scripture, but it was his interpretation. He couldn't see, or he didn't see, let's put it like that, uh, that Jesus was that promised Messiah. Although we really don't know, at least I, I, I'm not familiar with anyone that really knows, but we really don't know as far as what he believed as far as the Messiah per se, you know. Mm. But I would assume most probably he, he was expecting the Messiah, you know. Mm -hmm. and uh, But he said, no, Jesus is not the one. No, this guy is not the one. Definitely the one. Definitely not the mm -hmm. one, you know. And, and, you know, that happens today. That happens today. There are, I've been to Israel twice. And uh, I've met a number of uh, pious Jews, as the Bible calls it, you know. Uh, people, but they just don't believe. And I've sat down and we've discussed very reverently and with respect scriptures, but uh, they just don't see, you know, they just don't see Jesus as the Messiah. And they're waiting for a Messiah. Let's put it yeah. like that. And uh, it's curious to note here again how Paul, all of a sudden, uh, not only did, does he see with his natural eyes, but also his spiritual eyes. And I think, you know, just as passionate as he was 
uh, at the beginning of the passage that we read, uh, he was just as passionate now even more, you know, uh, to, to, to say, hey, no, 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 I got it wrong. You know, I got it wrong. He really is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I think uh, we can even just check. Let's check out his call, yes. you know, uh, because uh, it, it's just fascinating to see how God does things, you know. But if we check out his call, I think it's verse uh, 15 and 16, something like yeah. that. It says, when this is when he's referring to, he's talking to Ananias, referring to Saul. It says, but the Lord said right. to him, Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And that's, that's his purpose, right? Is yeah. that the verse you were referring to? Yeah. Yeah. That's his mission, yeah. exactly. You see how this was fulfilled. If, let, me, let me just look at the passage. He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name, of course, the, uh, who Jesus is before the Gentiles. And we know that many times Paul referred to himself as the apostle to the mm -hmm. Gentiles, you know, and to kings. And he did appear before Agrippa and other kings. And uh, we don't know exactly if he appeared before Caesar, but uh, he went to Rome. And supposedly uh, that was one of the reasons why he went to Rome and the children of Israel. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, the children of Israel, meaning the Jews. And immediately, immediately after he receives his sight, he goes to the synagogue. <laughs> you know, so we see how all of this is God's plan and purpose in, the, in this, these two verses. And uh, to finish it off, the last verse, 16, For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of it my sure name. <laughs> And we know, yeah, and he, and he really, really, really suffered. When you look at Second Corinthians, you know, it says he was beat and whipped so many times. Uh, I think it's 40, less, 40 times less one, something mm -hmm. like that. But, I mean, he was shipwrecked and so much that he went through. So this was his, his calling and his purpose statement or his mission statement. And uh, he paid a very high price. But, you know, again, Paul valued so much what he discovered in Jesus Christ that in Philippians he says he has it all as trash, mm -hmm. you know, or uh, just to, to, to walk with Jesus. Yeah. So uh, it's just fantastic to see how God can transform, but also how Paul was so faithful and valued what he had yeah. in Jesus, you know. And so he's an example. This is where we see the love of Jesus, right? I mean, I mean Paul mm -hmm. recognizing, I think, he could have left me, you know, he could have left me in my wrong way mm -hmm. and I would have been lost and I would have stayed with that hatred and, and Jesus by his grace re revealing himself to someone so stubborn right. or maybe someone so, um, you know, set in his ways. And it just shows how Jesus chooses everybody from Peter being just a simple quote unquote fisherman to, to Paul being, you know, a scholar and a genius. An intellectual of intellectuals. Exactly. Jesus uses yeah. both just the same you know and that's also awesome amazing and then finishing out the chapter towards the end there's um there's a story of how he's he's sharing the gospel and he starts being persecuted he gets a taste of his own medicine you know and they now they want now they want to kill him and yeah. um they're guarding the gates of the city and then i love this story because the disciples they they find a hole in one of the walls and lower him in a basket and it's just i had the, i've always had that picture yeah. of just I don't know who these disciples were, but thinking, man, you were on our way to kill us and now we're saving you, you know? 
and vice versa. That's right. That's Saul totally being saved yeah. by the people he was going to come and kill, and that just shows the love of the, well, the Christian community, yeah. and that's a testimony of the gospel as well. That's Jesus revealing himself to Paul through his followers that are being his hands and his feet. They're forgiving. They're who knows if someone along right. the way knew someone that Paul or Saul had persecuted yeah. before, or you know who knows. And they're yeah. willing to love their enemy, literally, like Jesus taught them. Right. I think it's just a, such a beautiful picture. And afterwards, they're kind of scared of him and when he arrives at Jerusalem. But they, thanks to Barnabas, they, they fully accept him. And they're like, okay, you are part of the family. And, um, and that's how I think we that's should right. be as Christians. We can sometimes be quick to judge and say, no, not him. Like Ananias we saw last week. But mm -hmm. that love is part, of, is part of the good news. It's part of the gospel. And it's the same yeah. love that accepts us. And we need to also accept the... And you know, another thing, you know, there are times that people or we wonder or we question, you know, um, you know, when persecution does come, what do you do? Do you stay? Do you give your life or do you leave? And we have scriptures for mm -hmm. both. I mean, here's one where Paul, you got to get out of here, you know, and uh, we see later on in the book of Acts when uh, even the church tells him, hey, Paul, you know, you can't go to Rome because if you go there, they're going to kill you. And he goes, I'm willing to do that and yeah. more. So, I mean, there are scriptures for both of them. But most important, I mean, for me anyway, is that we know exactly what is it that God wants to teach us and where do we yeah. need to be and for be God. willing to do either you know? or to, yeah. Yeah, to exactly. to live for the gospel or Correct. to die for the gospel if it came to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. great, man. That's yeah. real and good. I wanted to steal something real quick from uh, something I heard my pastor say. Is that um, those same giftings that Paul had beforehand, the fact that he wanted to travel, the fact that he knew scripture, where he came from, all this stuff, God didn't take that away from him. And like that same zeal, that same exactly. ability to debate, and he just turned it for his good, you know, and he still used the same knowledge, the same gifting, his same zeal and passion, still traveled, still did the same stuff, but now for yep. the kingdom. And I think that's a beautiful image of how yeah. God makes us with our own personalities and gifts and all that stuff, but he wants us to use it for him. And, um, and then it, we, we see what Paul did for the rest of, you know, the New Testament. As my wife says, God is a good economist. Yeah. He uses everything that he's, he's allowed us that's to good. live. So it's true. God is a good economist. So we appreciate that. But great, Elliot. Well, there, I think again, I think that's as much as we can cover for this <laughs> this episode. Um, thank you, everyone, for for joining us as we finish off this uh, this series. I guess this first kind of season for in the Jesus Table podcast. We'll be moving on to a new uh, series in our next episode. So thank you for joining us, and we're excited to start that one now. And we, I just want to encourage you to read this whole chapter because it's amazing, and there's so much in it. Um, and you can see Paul's beginning of his story because we later on see this super apostle, but it's really Jesus that transformed them, as we see. Thank exactly. you so much, Doc, and uh, we'll see everyone in our next episode. Okay, blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Table Podcast. We pray that these conversations are a blessing for anyone seeking to know who Jesus is and for those seeking to know him even more.